Hello and happy Tuesday, my friends. This is Danielle Carter, and I'd like to welcome you back to another informative episode of Cisco Champion Radio, where we provide insights and visibility into products and solutions across the Cisco portfolio and trending topics across our industry. If you like our podcast, please follow us and feel free to share your favorite episodes with your colleagues and friends. If you have thoughts or comments on what we should cover in a future episode, let us know, talk with us on Twitter at Cisco Champion. All right, today we are talking about Cisco Intersight. Cisco Intersight is an infrastructure lifecycle management solution delivered as a service or as a private virtual appliance that provides a single dashboard to see, control, and automate your compute, storage, and networking infrastructure wherever it is from one place. We are joined by our Cisco champions and Cisco experts to discuss Cisco Intersight and the latest capabilities. So let's get started with introductions. Dustin, let's start with you. Tell us who you are and what you do. Uh, Dustin Gavitt, I work for ScanSource, the largest US only Cisco distributor. Uh, a little bit about ScanSource and the Cisco focused team that I work on, we help our Cisco partners deliver unparalleled customer success and customer experience to their customers. We achieve this by guiding our Cisco partners on their journey through the Cisco landscape in whatever journey they happen to be on. And like I said, I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you for joining us. All right, Joe, you're up next. What do you do? Howdy y'all, I'm Joe Hughes. Uh, I am the full stack geek that owns all things technically for flash deck over here at Pure Storage. Uh, long time UCS and data center geek. So for once, I'm actually kind of the relevant audience for this on the uh, on the Cisco Champion podcast. Uh, normally the the data center folks, you know, take a backseat to all the, all the network folks, but uh, it's nice to be here contributing on this. Um, I, I basically help write the Cisco validated designs. I do the peer portion of this and work on a lot of the infrastructure as code for customers that are actually deploying new UCS compute, new Nexus and MDS networking, and then peer storage behind it on top of whatever flavor of workload they decide to put into this environment. So it's pretty cool to be here and uh, contributing on this episode. Well, we are very, very happy that you joined us. Last but not least from our champions, Alexander, who are you and what do you do? Hi, Janelle. Uh, my name is Alexander Dick. I'm a principal engineer working for NTT. Uh, in difference with Joe, I'm actually from data center networking, so everything which is not UCS related. So I'm happy to have, a, <laughs> have some peers as well where we can discuss about different aspects. Um, yeah, I'm CCIE data center. Uh, been around uh, a few years, uh, spent a lot of time in China, spent a lot of time in Switzerland as well. Uh, in service provider environment, then I moved into data center, and this is where I'm focusing actually now on uh, ACI uh, deployments, uh, specifically for financial sector. So looking forward to the discussions. Thank you for joining us. Okay, on to our Cisco experts, Show and Mo. Thank you for joining us today. Can you both tell us who you are and what it is you do at Cisco? Go ahead, Show. <laughs> I'm uh, Sho Funatsu, um, worldwide uh, TSA, which stands for Technical, Technical Solutions Architect. And we are in a group called uh, uh, Cloud Infrastructure and Software Group. So uh, we are technical, the technical folks uh, at Cisco. So, uh, uh, hi guys, my name is uh, Mohit Basmani. You can call me Mo, which was easier. Uh, Exactly what the uh, show says, we actually work together on, on data center. So sorry, networking, but it's, uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, my, my background is, uh, come from a cloud space, you know, very familiar with the cloud, uh, automation, big in automation, and now all about data center UCS and, you know, and, and intersight. So that's who I am. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Dustin, do you want to go ahead and kick us off? Sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I did have one question. I know we're we're kind of here to talk about Intersight, of course, but uh, if you two were to take this on the road and you were the Mo and Show Show, would you would it be the Mo and Show Show or the Show? It, and it would be show? it would be Show Mo Computer. That's that's our that's our future podcast that we hope to kind of launch soon. <laughs> a little, little plug there for that. Okay, yeah. I had to get out. I, if I was thinking it, somebody else probably was too. Uh, so. Uh, for as far as Intersight goes, I don't have a ton of uh, exposure and real-time hands-on ex experience with it, but 
I thought this would be an interesting kind of thought exercise. Uh, Mo, you and I are in an elevator and you look down at my badge at this trade show we're at and you can see, you can read from it that I am somehow interested in like IT infrastructure, okay? And so you've got, uh, let's say four or five floors um, with plenty of people in there to make stops along the way to, to tell me about uh, Intersight and, and, uh, and give me the elevator pitch, if you will, yeah, in hoping, a literal elevator. I'm, ho I'm hoping this is a really slow elevator, so let's, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> There's a kid in there and they pressed all the buttons. It's, we, we got to play it time. I'm a kid, press all the buttons, so we have some time here. But, uh, but yeah, just, you know, just to answer your question, you know, we've been in the field for a while, you know, talking to various different customers, and every customer we talk to has some, you know, almost level of complexity that comes with IT operations, right? I mean, the things, things, environments that are driving this complexity, the number of endpoints to deal with all the performance, you know, on-premise, cloud, edge environments, you know, more demands for network and computing driving both the need for new hardware, increasing power demand. So it, agility becomes, you know, we are all familiar with these normal aspects of IT operations, right? So when, when Sho and I go ask, ask customers, right, hey, you know, what, what do you guys want to do, right? You know, they look at it from you know, five different points come up. One is, I want to be able to deploy and configure infrastructure in minutes, right? Not hours. It should be standardized and customer and consistent. Second thing that comes up is, you know, how do I operate the entire environment from, you know, we call this, we have this single pane of glass. I don't like using this because there's never one single pane of glass, but from one dashboard, right? Um, then the, uh, the third important aspect that comes into play is, you know, we all worry about security. How do I identify these gaps, right? How do I take care of it? How do I make sure you know, that the security applies to what I have. And that comes to also things such as, you know, potential hardware OS issues, software issues, compatibility lists. You know, I don't want to go out into the internet and search for every single aspect, but have some level of context. Last but not least is just making sure, you know, how do I make my data center more efficient? And that, that varies in multiple angles, right? When it looks at, when you look at power consumption, uh, when I look at efficiency from a perspective of automation. So these are the five things that, you know, some customers are thinking about. So, so just looking at from, a, you know, if I just summarize all this, you know, customers want simplicity and they want to modernize the infrastructure lifecycle management. So, so essentially the way we look at it now is our vision. You know, you, you basically on the second floor now. So, but our vision is, we, you know, we want to make sure that we have a world where operating your infrastructure is as simple and open and powerful, right, for your business. That kind of summarizes what we are all about, right? Um, and, and, you know, what we try to do is, you know, we, we talk about, you know, you asked me what insight, that vision kind of, you know, puts insight all together is where we see our platform, right? Help, we want to see our, help, help customers you know, how to visualize, how to connect, how to secure, how to automate the environments in, in a very sustainable and future-ready compute system, right? And powered by a really simple operations platform, right? So this, this in a sense, um, I don't know if that answers your question, this in a sense kind of covers, covers what we as, as InnerSight kind of try to accomplish to kind of help with accelerating operations to bolster security, you know, strengthen compliance, uptime, productivity, you know, energy use, right? And last but not least, right, a tagline is, you know, IT operations simplified, right? Because you kind of break it up into three aspects. And, and essentially it looks at, okay, how do I visualize like global on-premise cloud and in other environments in one place, right? When I look at visualizing, I look at, you know, my inventory, I look at firmware, I look at uh, advisories, compatibility, field notices, uh, monitoring my information. How do I go about and, and automate this, right? You know, every customer, we were on a call this morning with the customer. Primary focus is, I don't want to click manually because it's prone to human error. How do I automate in simple tasks? 
and also things that I'm optimizing, right? You know, how do I maximum performance? How do I deal with uh, ensuring everything is running for a positive user experience? So that in a nutshell, I mean, I think we reached on the fifth floor now, but that in a nutshell, hopefully that answers your question is what InnerSight is about at the 10,000 foot, at the fifth floor level. <laughs> I, I that's think that's a fire state elevator pitch. <laughs> well, I think in this scenario, I would have had to have forgot my my battery charging pack. But I, you stayed in the elevator with me. I went back up to my room. We walked down the hall. I got the battery pack. We came back down. But I appreciate it. It was riveting. So I got all the information I needed, and now you can pass me off to uh, to a partner to uh, to take this to the next stage. So you talked about um, interside and what is it? Maybe it's also interesting for our listeners to to understand what type of form factors there are available for them. Sure, I think I, I can take that. So um, the first uh, form factor, and I think that's the um, primarily uh, where we release uh, new features, updates, etc., is the SaaS platform, right? So we we offer that in the SaaS flavor and the private uh, virtual appliance uh, flavors, um, and the private virtual appliance can uh, be both connected and uh, are really private, right? So, um, and uh, um, I can say that uh, in the dark, dark side, right? So, really zero access to to the internet. So you have a, a exclusive offline uh, inner side appliance uh, to manage. So uh, we have uh, requirements from customers that really cannot connect to anything outside their their environment. So we have to have an option uh, for them. Uh, but advantage that you have with the SaaS is pretty obvious because we work on that. Uh, well, we, we all know CI/CD model. So every week we have uh, new features and fixes because this is software, right? So we still have uh, uh, bugs and things like that that we have to fix. But you don't need to um, uh, to uh, to be worried about. Well, do I need to? Um, apply this patch or install these, install that, right? The, the, all those fixes are delivered in background. So you're using the SaaS, you're using the service and everything gets updated uh, on the backend. So, and, and that gets autom automatically delivered uh, every Thursday. So every Thursday you have a new release or an update for uh, InnerSight. And all of that is documented on InnerSight.com slash help. And if you go to the link, what's new, it's uh, uh, all the updates are listed there, which is pretty, uh, sometimes it's a bit awkward, right? When we talk about Cisco, because Cisco is like, okay, where's the manual? Cisco.com, but you need to, you know, uh, go into the weeds, deep into the weeds to find that manuals that, that has the release notes and everything. No, it's everything slash, uh, uh, it's innersight.com slash help. It's everything is there. Uh, so these are basically the three um, form factors that we uh, use or we deliver uh, in our site. SaaS, private virtual appliance, connected virtual appliance. These are the, the ones. And, and I just want to add to that also, just real quick here is, you know, it's, it's the only system with a true SaaS operating platform, right? Uh, with end-to-end -end visibility and 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 what he what what show mentioned about you know it's really crucial is you know if, if you remove with the whole SaaS platform that spans across Americas and EU right we just release SaaS in the EU you know the whole burden of patching updating secure is all gone right and we have worked with CIOs hey there's an issue or it gets fixed I'm like the response do does my team need to do anything it says no that's the whole power of the SaaS right it's it's one 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 platform compared to another uh, other tools out there that kind of accomplishes everything that you need to deliver end-to-end -end visibility operations and support across uh, across your data center. So with the fact that Intersight is built in in seemingly a modular fashion, right, where there's like the core engine that now has all these other products that tie into this. Do the mm -hmm. updates uh, and the new feature releases tie into all of those as well? Because a lot of us have used management or monitoring or automation and orchestration platforms in the past where there's always some plugin or module or something that's out of date or that we manually have to go do to make sure that all these extra components work. Is that still handled within the SaaS model and the virtual appliance? 
Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So, so absolutely, right. I mean, I think that's one thing that's important about the SaaS, right? Once once we add features in, or we add like a different module in, it is it it works across the board. Where you as a customer may not have, it doesn't have to do anything as such, right? So, uh, so that's one of the great things is like when we just introduced this whole new concept. You mentioned monitoring, right? We introduced the whole new concept of monitoring, which I'm truly really excited about just, you know, because now I can have a, a great vis visually see what's going on in terms of power, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, energy consumption. And, and you know, this, this is something that is you go, you go log into Intersight and it is there for you. Right. So that's that's one of the great aspects. And, and, and you know, these things obviously. Will come will come to the you know the other form factors as Alexandra you mentioned about PVA and CVA is that uh, you know once it comes into SaaS and that's the first first entry of that feature a few months later it comes into the PVA and the CVA form factors also and those obviously require the upgrades um, that we we have documentation for how to do it. I wanted to call it something because uh, Mia's definitely the novice when it comes to this on there. It might be something that the listeners might be able to identify with me. Uh, so you talked about the SAS and it getting the updates on Thursdays. Now those updates are specific to the Intersight platform, right? That, or or are these the, uh, do these also include the updates that we pushed out to infrastructure or security vulnerabilities or flags or anything like that? Or does that depend on how you use your Intersight and how you set it up to to kind of do things, whether you've automated things. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I'm sure. I know you want to take this one. So. Uh, um, I mean, the the updates and all the updates that I that are done to to the platform are also related to, for example, compatibility matrices, right? So, for example, if you have a, a pair of a fabric interconnects or server firmware that's been newly uh, uh, released, and these are the gold standard now, they will definitely get updated on either side as well as the, you know, gold star, the, the thumbs up uh, uh, a version of that firmware or thumbs up version of that uh, uh, fabric interconnect, even though you have all the other versions that might not be the, uh, the, the, the uh, start release, what we called, right? The, we, we, you might have access to other uh, versions that are above that one, but that uh, whole matrix is updated on inner side as well. And the great thing about that is, uh, again, you don't need to go after, you know, um, of having these a single pane of glass. It's for you, you don't have to go HCI, compatibility matrix website from Cisco. And again, go deep into the weeds and find, okay, I have this OS, I have this server, I have this uh, VIC, I have these components and now generate the PDF for me. And, and then I go and look at my, uh, against my infrastructure say, Okay, I think I got the server wrong. It's not an M4, M4 is an M5. Then you go back to Cisco compatibility matrix website and get all that generated document generator again, right? You don't need to do this kind of a cross check. And that's what the beauty of a inner site and the beauty of having that uh, delivered as a SaaS uh, platform is even uh, more beautiful because you can go and just click on the server and say, okay, this server. Intersight has all uh, has all the uh, uh, info on that server. It will check against all the matrices that you have there. Uh, is this uh, compatible with my server? Is this firmware compatible with my server? Yes, it is. Uh, does it get affected by um, um, some security advisory? It will pop up on the on the corner on the right upper corner. It will say, okay, this server needs to get uh, uh, updated because it is affected by you know uh, um, this this vulnerability. Right. So, uh, yes, so it gets updated, not only, you know, uh, the inner side itself, but all the ecosystem that goes around the inner side and touches the, your infrastructure. And, and before I forget, the advisories, they are tailored, right? So it's, they will not show advisories for you that are not related to your environment. Like, okay, uh, there's a bug affecting FI 6332s. I don't even have that. Right. Well, so why do I get these? It usually that happens when you get an email, right? So you get a bunch of emails Sunday night and say, okay, what are these emails? Ah, oh, okay. I don't have this. Uh, okay. Forget it. Forget it. I don't want to read them. Right. Because, and then next Sunday you miss one that's exactly about your infrastructure. Right. So this is the, one of the beauties, uh, on the, and advantages that we see on the inner side, cause it tailors 
the uh, advisories and the information that's showing up, it's not just uh, information that's not about your environment, but uh, the opposite is specific about your environment. It prevents all the noise, and that's the important aspect. Exactly. I, I, when it comes to research, I'm probably in a smaller group and a, definitely a corner case. Uh, but I kind of enjoy the satisfaction I get after digging deep and trying to find an an, an, an unfindable, um, you know, the solution to a problem or or, uh, or cross compatibility. I feel a sense of satisfaction, but that's okay. I can get over it, and I'm sure, like I said, <laughs> there's not many. <laughs> Joe, yeah, Joe's shaking his head. That's common though when when Joe and I are talking. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think that's awesome. Just a full disclosure, uh, because uh, for me as well, where I see value in, in the platform as this, I mean, I don't have a lot of experience running around installing, configuring UCS, et cetera, uh, because for example, like Joe, he did that day in, day out. Um, imagine the only uh, real experience that I had was because I needed to learn it for passing the CCIE lab <laughs> data center. Unfortunately, so um, although we did a lot of, uh, I mean, I did a lot of testing, of course, because uh, we have a lab environment for testing customers and stuff like that. So I was playing around with the UCS infrastructure, but then it was a single or maybe two UCS uh, B chassis servers that were there with a couple of ESXi hosts. But imagine if you have like a really large infrastructure, I mean, I'll, I'll, I already did find it very hard to like have a consistent policy between all the different devices. And this, I think, is where Intersight might be uh, uh, a lot of useful. I will pr provide uh, a lot of use for people like me, for example. I, that's, uh, that's uh, I think, uh, it's something that I, that I really like or where I think it's a value for the customers as well. Yeah, that makes sense, right? I mean, that, that thing about being policy driven and introducing that consistency and standardization, how do I make sure I configure my servers across the board? I think that's really important, right? Uh, and that's why this whole journey that the user takes from figuring out, starting with the F5s down to creating the domains and, you know, the policies, et cetera, that's important to understand. And at the same time, right, <clears throat> another level that, uh, uh, Intersight provides us in terms of bringing out the standardization and consistency is introducing automation. And that becomes really interesting is how do I kind of make my life easy? I'm an engineer by profession. I used to be a Java developer back many years ago and I stopped coding many, many years ago, right? But uh, but it's still dead in my blood and I'm like, you know, I'm lazy, but lazy is a good thing. And I want to make sure that uh, I want to be able to automate stuff and make things faster and, and make my life easy. So, so the Intersight platform giving you that ability to kind of from low code to no code orchestration to, to, to the folks like, you know, who can write scripts, Python, PowerShell, REST APIs, we kind of give you this whole environment that you can automate, right? Think about. When I talk about low code, think about creating composing music. You know, I can I can drag and drop. You know, uh, you know every aspect of my orchestr orchestration, right? You know, you know all the automation tasks of creating. You talked about policies, right? About creating a server profile, installing the OS. You know, they say I need to deploy a hypervisor on bare metal. How do I do that, right? Uh, I can do it manually if I have hundreds of servers. Do I really want to do that consistently, or can I just click a button and go do that, right? Uh, install Red Hat, install Windows, whatever, whatever the operating system may be, right? So I think it, it's interesting that you mentioned that because, you know, as a platform, and this is this is where, you know, we kind of stand out, is you kind of provide those means of not only just looking at having those blinders and looking at only one aspect, but how do we kind of expand and build the platform to kind of introduce the simplicity overall. So po policy, uh, policies and processes, and then maybe next step automation, get to where you want to go. I, I, there's a, an, an older boss I had back in the day, took a few things from him. One was these gray hairs. The other was, uh, you know, don't automate a process until you have the manual process down. So exactly. don't, don't, don't start with automation. <laughs> don't, uh, hey, what can you do? Cause now, you know, whatever you did, you just did to, you know, 15. 1500, right. who knows how many things. So, 
Yeah, you replicate yeah. mistakes faster if you do it experience where you know we deal with automation back in my career but but i agree i think unless i know how to do that manually and it actually works manually i don't want to touch automation but that's the whole thing right you know we need to kind of help understand the difference between automation and orchestration and why you should do it in the first place and and how you should do it, right? You should really have a plan of action around that, right? So that that's a whole new, whole different podcast altogether. But uh, uh, but 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 with us, right? With with Intersight, right? With that with Intersight Cloud Orchestrator, which is our low uh, low code orchestration, we can simply drag and drop and build the entire orchestration workflow to using APIs, REST APIs, to using PowerShell, you know. Um, uh, we have different forms of automation with Terraform, right? With Terraform playbooks, you have Ansible playbooks out there. The, uh, you know, there's all these different aspects that come into play because today I can use now, what's the new thing now? Open Tofu, right? That's come out, right? So, so we got to kind of, I think one of the things about the platform is adaptive. So we kind of adapt with what's coming out and to kind of help go with the new technologies that are out there. Well, and so like speaking on that a little bit in, in realistic terms, like I, I sit in a, in an interesting role where I have to help build out a lot of these environments from scratch. Cause we do greenfield every time we do one of these validated designs, but since we are also an integrated partner, we build tasks that are added into Intersight cloud orchestrator through the virtual assist. Um, and it's, it's cool to actually be somebody that has the experience from doing this for 20 years in the fields to be able to try and tell the developers, these are the things that we're trying to do. This is how we need to build the tasks in these ways that someone who's consuming them that may not be an expert on all things storage and compute and networking and virtualization can just drag and drop and have the, if this, then that, or like node red or home assistant style experience of, I can figure out how to put these few things together because they told me I need to answer these three questions and that wires together these bits, right? It's, it's awesome to see that, but still have the flexibility in the platform that for somebody that knows what they're doing, they can create their own tasks where it is, I need to run these actions against these API endpoints, or I even just need to do something that I can't quite do with an API and I need to run this in you know, an Ansible or a shell script where I can have an, an executor or, or, you know, existing Ansible shell power, power form uh, scripting that we've got inside of an environment or even, or even launching Python, all these things that you already have, you don't have to immediately throw out. You can leverage that existing thing that you have inside of your environment to put it into that low code platform. And I, I mean, when I'm, when I'm speaking to user groups, one of the biggest things I have to try and get people to understand about moving towards automation and orchestration is that their first step is that the automation is documenting their business process in the most efficient way possible. So like they need to know those steps, but they already have them. Then that just one at a time, they can pull those apart and, and do them in a better way. And a lot of the integration with, uh, with Intersight turns into, this is on the vendors and on the partners to provide these things in a usable fashion so that people can just go in and consume it, drag it around, do whatever they need to do, build their own custom workflows. And then you can also share that with other people. You export a JSON file, it exports the workflow and you've now done the work and made yourself a superhero for the community to share with other people. Um, that's, that's amazing. Joe, you just explained it really well, right? You hit the nail on the target because, uh, you know, last year we published a book, uh, colleagues and I on Intersight, and there's a whole section on automation. Exactly what you said is like what we kind of replicated there, because we see that, you know, you can have different groups networking, Alexander can build their own automation. And you can have compute build their own automation. You can have third party integrations build their own automation. But at the end of the day, you know, we need something that's cross domain because I'm not only when I build a whole orchestration workflow, it's just not, oh, I'm going to build. So I need to add storage. You know, probably I need to add my networking. I need to deal with something with NDS. So all of that has to come together, right? But folks like ourselves, we know how to build that automation. We still have the flexibility to go as deep as we want using REST APIs, Ansible, Terraform, et cetera. But, but the end user may not really know this because all that they do is, okay, I need to do this. I get a ticket. I need to go provision this. Click, boom, that's ready to go, right? So on that note, Joe, I know, I don't know if you know this, but we have this tech preview of something called the service portal. We're trying to play around and see how effective it is. But 
it extends ICO where you now you can have this nice catalog that you know users can have like the end users right can have that experience where if I want to go provision uh, ESX I can click on it provide a, it's a visit like interface provide the input and behind the scenes it uses the ICO workflow which we build right it's kind of thing right so so that's something that's exciting about we're trying to see where that goes but that's out there for tech preview at this point. Uh, I just want to go uh, one step back uh, when, when Dustin mentioned about uh, going manual, right? Test manual before you automate everything, right? So we have something that uh, it's uh, in between, right? So you don't need to go uh, fully manual or fully automated. Uh, I think that there might be uh, listeners here or the audience that might be kind of in the middle. Uh, we still have some other, um, uh, how can I say, guide uh, guardrails, right? So when you go and create a, a service profiles, for example, right, uh, or server profiles, as you know, it's called server profiles. Um, when you make changes to the server profiles, it might affect a bunch of servers, right? Because you're touching one server profile that's uh, that base for uh, a lot of uh, other different servers. Uh, we have something that's uh, uh, that prevents. Uh, we separate the edit piece from the deploy piece on the other side, and the Good thing about this, or the advantage of this, is that you can you may edit the service, uh, the server profile, the policies, but you don't necessarily need to deploy that, those changes. And you can also have these graphical uh, diff, like a Linux diff uh, command line, there you can see the difference between okay, I had this, now I have this, and the state of a server profile shows up as deployed, not changed. Uh, the uh, the changes are not deployed. Right, so you can go and review it before you go and click and deploy these changes. So uh, I think this is uh, another good uh, aspect of InnerSight that uh, we introduced uh, that help prevent you from going, you know, fully manual to automated, and you have anything uh, in between that you can use in your advantage to test environment before you go fully uh, automated or automatic. The number of times I used to get calls back in just the straight UCSM days where they were like, so I'm like, yeah, you didn't check the user act, did you? Right. You just, you just rebooted somebody's environment. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's, it's just <laughs> no, you just, uh, like, just, you just gave me some flashback. <laughs> but that's a good point right? because this 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 is one of the biggest differences right? with, uh, with with the whole inside managed mode. I mean, you're building this stuff, but you you don't have to go boom set it out, right? It's just it prevents errors or tragedies or something that would happen to my that could uh, that could not be fun. No. So you talked a little bit about automation, right? I mean, of course, uh, it's uh, we don't have enough time to talk in very details. But what about third party integration? Imagine uh, nowadays, you know, like uh, a lot of people are running a, a service now, for example, is there some integration also that can update tickets or send tickets when there is something going haywire within your infrastructure. Actually, you want to do this and then I can uh, take that one. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So we do, I mean, when it comes to integration, right? Third party integration, there are various aspects of third party service. Now is actually one thing that we have, you know, there's storage arrays. We talk about, you know, uh, the pure, uh, you know, all different forms of uh, integration, but Coming to, uh, coming to basically, you know, your question about even even things such as ServiceNow integration, right? You know, uh, there are we have various different aspects of uh, of this. Is where we have the service graph connector for InterSight, right, which will enable the customer to ingest the inventory of inf in infrastructure managed under Cisco InterSight. So the 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 it works out of the box, you know, as compliant and you know. ServiceNow CMD provides incident problem change managers we all in efficiency, right? But the service graph extends beyond operations into areas such as planning, application development, cost optimization. And so we just actually, uh, I don't remember show when we released this whole service graph, actually quite recently, probably. Yeah, uh, it was uh, okay. probably a couple of months ago. Yeah, we can check the what's new. So it was a few months ago, uh, <clears throat> don't know the exact date, but but yeah, we do have the service graph connector uh, that we have bought. Of May 4th. Yeah, perfect. Thank you. See? May 4th. 
May, may the fourth be with you, yes. May the fourth be with you, yeah. ServiceNow, Service Graph Connector for InnerSight available. Did you guys plan that release for May the fourth? <laughs> Could be. Well, we, somebody, you never know engineering somebody. people, right? <laughs> yeah, somebody so, had somebody had fun with that. Yeah, it's ready on the third. It's ready on the third or the fifth, but let's let's push it or delay it until the the fourth. Every, every release should be May fourth. <laughs> But uh, no, but I think if you go to the ServiceNow store, Alexander, you can actually search, you can actually download and set up the Service Graph connector, and it has all the documentation required to kind of pull that out. But but coming back to more on the third-party integration, right? It's not only just ServiceNow. We we look at things such as VMware itself, right? You know, how do I look at you know, having that inventory view of my VMs, my data stores, my clusters, uh, even even bringing in AWS, right? Can I see the VMs in AWS and take some basic actions as power on, power off, et cetera, right? So so that is also, when I look at third-party integration, I not only look at ServiceNow, I'm looking at VMware, I'm looking at cloud, I'm actually looking at, uh, you know, uh, infrastructure integration, uh, uh, storage integration. Uh, so, so this, these all kind of are are part of the whole third party integration umbrella. Yeah, I have a, some a funny uh, comment on on the integration with VMware because uh, we integrated with the vCenter, right? We uh, we, we claim the vCenter into InnerSight, and we can do power on, power off, and we can uh, show the console. And there's one line somewhere in the uh, in the uh, documentation that says don't use this as a VDI environment <laughs> because you you could have a bunch of uh, you know Windows 10 uh, VMs there and everybody's trying to you know they could go and open a console for for that VM and try to use it as a, a VDI environment but uh, it's not meant for that so it was a uh, funny okay closing as a VDM yeah I'm gonna bring it back to um, that after the elevator pitch whatever trade show that was. Uh, Mohit, I'm going to stop by the I'm going to stop by the booth uh, because you said, "Hey, swing by the booth. I'll scan you and get you in touch with the Cisco partner, can explore this uh, more." Right? Well, I swing by and say, "Hey, I don't know if it makes sense to scan." I just talked to some of my folks, and turns out we had some acquisitions. We're a UCS shop primarily, you know, but uh, all Cisco. But we had some acquisitions. They've got some small data centers and branch offices that other server manufacturers. I guess they exist. But uh, so Intersight's probably not for me then, right? Would that be a true statement? Yeah, so even uh, they have other servers that are a combination of UCS and other servers. Yeah, it's a mix, mixed bag of the other locations. I mean, it, it's a mixed bag. I mean, it's, I mean, when a lot of customers are, we're all a mixed bag, right? It's like everybody has different kinds of servers already out there, right? So that doesn't mean that you still cannot use, uh, use the platform itself, right? Because, the thing is, even even for our own servers, right? I mean, you still have UCS. You, can, you know, we just spoke about automation that can still be leveraged. You know, for 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 the purpose of other servers, uh, we uh, we have uh, the capability now also with. Uh, and if you just have your own servers claimed into InnerSight using Insight Managed Mode, you know, you, you the idea is you know to provide that stickiness. I want to come back and look at what's going on. There's certain issues. With my servers, how do I bring in that con uh, that aspect of understanding what's really going on, right? So, so with with uh, you know, with it's our servers also, right? It's you know we can introduce a whole concept of monitoring that comes into play for for this, right? With uh, where you can actually leverage different metrics across different instruments, if you may, like you know, fan, CPU, thermal, uh, temperature, etc to kind of understand what's really going on within within your infrastructure, right? Automation kind of helps you with, you know, probably bringing, leveraging REST APIs across other platforms to kind of deal with standardization and consistency. And and I know, I know, show we also show some level of, you know, other other servers in, in, in our view, but but primarily I think obviously InnoSight is a management platform for your UCS. For UCS mainly, we do have a tech preview. I'm not sure if it's doing tech preview or it went into uh, fully supported mode, but uh, uh, HPE, Rack servers and Dell servers can also be viewed and you can uh, check the you know uh, configuration inventory yeah, pretty much. 
and uh, uh, versions of the firmware, et cetera, can be viewed. Uh, one other thing is, uh, well, we're not covering uh, really uh, IWO here, but that's that would be another you know uh, possibility of non-Cisco environment where you have InnerSight and you could activate IWO and uh, uh, you could still take the advantage of a platform, of the SaaS platform having IWO, you know, as a SaaS also version and you could uh, manage the performance of your environment and you can also could do what if scenarios to Cisco environments, right? Then, then you would have Cisco servers and then you could move, migrate and move workloads into uh, your newly uh, acquired uh, Cisco servers. But uh, uh, that's another kind of a, not Trojan horse, but uh, another use for, for uh, InnerSide slash IWO uh, platforms, SaaS, SaaS and uh, having access to different uh, vendors. That could also be uh, another option. An unanticipated benefit. Would yeah, it's, well, it's a good it's a good call, right? At the end of the day, it's about what's running on the servers, right? Uh, what the applications are, and you know, that is independent of whether uh, the type of servers. I think that's really useful to understand the optimization. The, you know, when I talked about what customers want, the last app point was efficiency, right? And efficiency comes in various different flavors, and what Joe mentioned is exactly one of them. I, I had. Uh... Uh, one, it, it's, it's the way my, my brain works. But uh, whenever I see uh, <laughs> Intersight, I can't help but since the first like six letters are also similar to Interstellar, it's just where my mind goes. And and uh, I was I was pontificating, big word. It's on the word of the day over here. <laughs> um, but I was thinking about how you know Interstellar and they're going into like unknown areas the astronauts are like exploring and discovery and intersight is also a bit of that too uh just just something i i kind of thought of and know it's a bit of a stretch but uh i mean it but, was, uh, was codenamed starship so yeah i was about to say that yeah that code name was yeah the project name is a star uh, it's a starship so yeah, when we had access to to the you know earlier version earlier versions of uh, intersight it was still starship Starship, yeah, it's an interesting animation. Kind of fits perfectly in your analogy. Let's say. <laughs> yeah. So, so in that in that example of kind of exploration, though, I I was going to ask. Uh, it, it, now that everything you know is being talked about with respect to generative AI and whether whether people are going to be bringing private clouds with their own compute, you know, let's bring on those UCS uh, giant clusters, right? Uh, how how do you think that uh, Intersight can help in those in these future you know within the next couple of years where companies are probably going to have possibly larger UCS stacks uh, to support their own generative private cloud type function? Is there some big play there that that uh, Intersight could help with? Yeah, I think uh, we're getting into more roadmap stuff right now, Sorry. but uh, <laughs> but. <laughs> No, but no, absolutely. If you think about it, also, right? I mean, if you look at uh, if you look at what we have today, right? Uh, one of um, you know, we didn't we didn't get into the uh, compute aspect of it when we look at the platform itself. You know, uh, we look at UCS X series, and you know, look at the key differentiators of it being more modular and scalable. It comes back to the point of you know the whole workloads, AI workloads, but, but yeah, I, I, there are different plans around, you know, how do I incorporate, you know, AI ML uh, into, into basically this whole platform, right? But it's not, it's, it's actually making sure that whatever we do brings business value to, uh, you know, to, to our customers. I can't just use AI ML for the purpose of using AI ML, right? There are, there are the low hanging fruit that is really important to us. And I, there are various use cases that we're tackling. Unfortunately, I don't know if I can speak about what they are at this point, uh, but definitely that is, is, you know, if you look at AI from the network standpoint, AI and the compute, et cetera, right? There are things that we are actually definitely addressing in this realm. I'm not sure you want to add something to that. Uh, I think that the focus on, on your side would be uh, more on the enabling AI ML than more than actually using AI ML uh, for itself, right? That's it's kind more of where, of a, where I was going with. Sorry, that's what I was, I was thinking. Yeah, I was thinking. The low-hanging fruit is enabling it in the platform for, for the user experience, a better user experience. Think about exactly. this, right? You're looking at intersight.com slash help. 
looking at something, I want to know that's great from a book perspective of what I am, what I have in my data center, right? Understanding that. And everybody's doing about chat GPT in a box, right? Kind of thing. So that, so, so, but so I think you're absolutely right, right? It's about how do I make sure I can not within insight, but more around just AI and my workloads. Yeah, and, and I think we use uh, AI ML in a bunch of uh, different forms within Cisco, uh, especially on the back end where we actually don't see that, uh, you know, uh, uh, box that where you can go and chat and, and you, you can go and ask questions. But uh, some, some things that we use, for example, on the back end is uh, with connected tech and proactive RMA things, uh, which are features that offer with Intersight, right? I don't know if you if you uh, all know Connected Tech is uh, we give access uh, tech engineers, right? Tech is a, a Cisco support engineers have access to uh, the servers and they co can collect information, uh, support information from the server, so they can uh, troubleshoot, uh, can uh, can speed up the troubleshooting process, right? And uh, proactive RMA, RMA stands for return material uh, authorization. Pretty much what uh, uh, we're talking about RMA is when something breaks, physically breaks, we ship another part to, to customers, right? Uh, so memory drives, et cetera, right? Uh, all of these uh, integrations with InnerSight and these tools, these uh, backend uh, support tools are driven um, by, uh, you know, AI ML. Uh, initi initiatives, right? So we have these bots that go and uh, uh, create these RMA uh, requests, right? And uh, all you have to do is to uh, confirm the, e the the physical address because you will receive an email saying, well, uh, we're, we're about to send you a, a memory module or drives and uh, can we send to these address? And pretty much all you have to do is click, okay, yes, this is the right address. And this is uh, automated in a form that uh, instead of taking 80 plus hours to generate and you go in and checking, oh, there's something something broke here and I need to go and open a case and blah, 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 until you get the, the RMA done. The, not the piece itself, but just the, the getting the forms and getting all the, you know, the, the, the bureaucracy done. Uh, we, can, we can finish that in, in an hour, right? Yeah. So... Um, that that's how we're using AI ML in the back end to uh, accelerate and uh, uh, the troubleshooting process. I hate to keep bringing issues, the word issues, problems, troubleshooting, but these are things that happen, right? At the end of the day, you want to keep the business running. And uh, unfortunately, we're not, you know, it's not like the cloud or like a, a public cloud uh, uh, offerings, right? You don't, you never see an error. If they have a physical error there, they fix it, right? So, so you don't see it. Unfortunately, on-prem, we have to deal with this and we want to deal with this the best way possible, the short, to cut the, the time to uh, resolution as short as possible. And this is how uh, we're basically using uh, AIML to help us with that. And, and we know it's, it's it's the reality of of what it is for the people that are using us, especially for customers that are not spending all day every day inside of Intersight, right? Or are not all spending all day every day inside of their server and network and, and storage inventories and all of these things. The the capabilities of like myself having to go through and, and replace a dim that we had, having that entire process handled in under four hours where I got an auto email that said, please confirm this is the correct shipping address for your DIM versus what used to be, you know, three days in the past of here's my script to go through and dump the logs. Here's the auto upload back to TAC. Here's confirming the DIM number from the command line, going through all the back and forth of nine or 10 emails to get one replacement part versus, oh, hey, I see in the portal, it tells me I have a DIM that's not acting correctly. Let me open a TAC case. They verify it and say, yep, you need a replacement DIM, confirm this is your shipping address, and it's done. That's that's amazing, right? Trying to, again, you know, pitching automation and things to folks, it's normally the the speed is great, but it's the, the benefits that you really get are the standardization and the validation of all of these things that you have. And, and having that now be something that is a cloud-like experience on a platform that also does the orchestration, it also does the monitoring, I personally, I've loved a lot of just the core features of, of Intersight more like tunneled KVM, like cool. I don't need a VPN client. I have an iPad where I can go open a console to help somebody troubleshoot an issue 
without needing a company laptop. That's phenomenal. I've I've cheated and used Intersight Cloud Orchestrator to run a handful of scripts and other things inside of my environment because I can fire it off from the portal without a VPN client, without getting into my corporate network for things that I can also enable other folks to do because we're all using that same single pane of glass and, and single portal to do a lot of these things. And And to me, that's operationally that's that's one of the huge benefits of intersight is that you can make all of these capabilities accessible to everyone by just giving them access and they're all now looking at the same tool and comparing notes on the same results yeah listen that's another form factor for you right uh, like you know, i can do this on my ipad but but just one one thing Joe, i just want to highlight here also right and and what show also mentioned was that uh you know if you look at how le the legacy rma experience is you know this is what people this is what i've looked at is like, you know, it takes around 80 hours to get that completely resolved. But with what you just spoke about, right, the whole proactive RMA, it brings down to less than an hour, right? Just the amount, and this is, we get this from customers, right? The amount of time that gets saved, not only from proactive RMA, from the fact of the connected tag, the logs. I, I, I remember back in the days, just looking also, like looking at logs, trying to get the, the right logs and sending it to support that whole process gets diminished to just less than 45 minutes. That is phenomenal, right? You go to the portal and see all the logs are already been collected. It's all out there. And, you know, that saves so much time to kind of resolve any issues that are there that they need to It's a similar experience that passes over to what y'all had mentioned about with the advisories as well. Like it, it not only limits the, the filtered list of what gear in my environment is affected by this, but I mean, it gives you the CVE numbers, it gives you the severity, it gives you a number of which type of device are affected by this to know, do I really need to go do something about this right now? Or maybe it's close to lunchtime, maybe it's the end of the day, I can I could probably leave this until tomorrow right. because something new popped up in the portal from when I logged into it last time. That's great, uh, that's a great feature. But uh, the key takeaway for me is, uh... Use it as a VDI console and serial tone. That's the two things. After all that, after all that, the five flows of us going, grabbing his, his power bag, coming down, and VDI. Exactly. Okay. He literally said, don't. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> I love so you. Like, don't do something <laughs> oh, yeah. well, don't do something tell you don't do something that's like yeah you can <laughs> use a, the the terminal kvm and you know you can log into the interface and use as a, a vdi yes yes that's <laughs> so that's great imagine um we had the elevator pitch we uh, our friend dustin went to the booth so now I'm coming along and I'm really interested. Is there a way where I can like test drive this for a potential customer? I think may, might be interesting as well. So if there are any links where you can point us to, um, I think uh, uh, Danielle can link it up. Uh, I think that's something that's really interesting as well. I mean, I'm like that. Uh, I mean, it's good to have all the discussions and the slideware and all that stuff, but from an engineering point of view, you need to play around with it. You need to get the feel of it, you know, like see, see life in action. What is the, what is it doing? Yes. So that would be great as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that makes perfect sense. We can share the links uh, with this podcast, you know, you go to intersight.com, you can even sign up for a 90 day trial. Uh, but we have a lot of videos also. Uh, our TMEs have built very interesting technical videos on specific features. It's 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 a great uh, it's a great way to look at things, uh, not to shamelessly plug our future podcast show more compute that probably hopefully launches soon. But uh, no, but but I think that's absolutely right. I'm an engineer by heart. I I learn by trying things out and you know playing around with the tool. But definitely we can actually you know send the links out uh, as part of this uh, you know, as part of this right. Uh, but yeah, you can always just a 90 day free trial. You can try out, you know, the platform and uh, uh, there are other avenues such as the DevNet as well as DCloud if you are partner have access to it. That, right. that gives great labs. Uh, we just introducing a new lab on the new feature. I mean, Joe, you talked about monitoring that's coming out. Uh, that's out actually. And uh, that walks you through the various use cases on why that's important uh so uh we, we you know 
look at dcloud look at devnet uh we'll send you the, all these links as part of this um you know this podcast uh, i just wanted to mention that we had this uh, um uh, how to create an internet account exercise with the uh, bdm right uh, last week well bdm says for a business developer uh, manager so it, it's not it's not technical person right so uh, we went with her step by step um and uh, we just use a, as long as you have a cco id a cisco id you just go inside.com create an account and it literally it didn't even take five minutes and then you have your account created uh your trial activated for 90 days uh and you can start um uh claiming devices so that's the operation that we, we call the the name of the action is uh, uh claiming so you can claim devices like uh uh, FIs or standalone servers and uh, third party, you can also um, claim on, on this account and it's uh, uh, ready in, in less than five minutes and, and open for 90 days. And you can also activate IWO for 45 days. Um, it's not activated uh, at uh, when, when you create the account, uh, but you, you have the option to go and activate that later. Yeah. And the cool thing is when you log in, you have you have something called getting started with Intersight, a read-only option. So it allows you to play with the platform with data already there and the servers already configured so you can see how things all play out. Yeah, and, and when you go to the help, it opens the intersight.com slash help and you go uh, getting started, you have all the videos of how to claim devices and not, you know, the traditional Cisco uh, admin guide that uh, has a lot of, uh, you know, text only no, it's a, actually a really uh, streamlined video on how to grab uh, your devices and add to your inside account. It's really easy to to use and easy to uh, to to go and chat just do it by yourself. Right. Yeah, just take that PDF and feed it into ChatGPT and have it. Have it. <laughs> make have a summary. Make a YouTube video summarize for me. The, <laughs> what those, do we need to do? Those YouTube videos. So I, I think that having you know, at, at the very least three um, uh, pretty accessible ways to to try it out. So the trial, uh, which I knew there was a 45 day trial. I wasn't aware there was 90, a 90 day one, but that's pretty cool. Uh, the videos is another way to con- kind of consume it and see things if you don't need to put your hands on and poke around and stuff. But I think also having the dCloud instant demos yeah. are pretty valuable, for, especially for people who might be sensitive to putting something, start claiming things in their, you know, environment, yes. like, Hey, I, I just want to, I want to poke around in the interface. I want to navigate the screens. Um, so dcloud demo, that, that'd be a great thing that you can get a, a Cisco partner to be able to help show them. There's, there's even a one level deeper. There is a reservation sandbox inside of DevNet. So you can actually get intersite instance. You can get to, uh, two UCSM environments and they're like a window server yes. and a, SUS Linux box, you can play with the API, you can play with cloud orchestration. Like it's, it's all in there with actual hardware behind it. If somebody there's at least three, I knew, I knew if anyone was going to have another way, it was going to be you, Joe. And I got to say, Joe, you were so thrilled to be on this and be doing this, but it seems like you're a bit of a ringer. I'm going to say it. Uh, and, and when, and when Mohit said, Hey, uh, you know, you hit the nail on the target. I think you're like the Ted Lasso of this. You threw the oh. dart at the triple 20 and you're the guy that shows up to the thing and brings out your own darts. You're like, Oh, we're playing darts. I, I just happen to bring my darts to the bar. Believe, believe. Jackson, I'm all about the good barbecue sauce. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Well, all right. It seems like we're coming to the end of the episode. Before I close, show and Mo, was there anything that you wanted our listeners to know? Or is there any last questions that you wanted to ask our champions? I think I think we covered quite a bit, right? You know, there's full like uh we looked at the journey of Intersight, right? We looked at, you know, the elevator, the five floor elevator pitch. Uh we went to uh, you know, looking at day two, we, we kind of, the, the basic configuration journey, the st- you know, automation. So we actually did a lot of, you know, coverage. We also went into AI, we looked at Skynet, never being wrong, right? <laughs> but, uh, but you know, I think, you know, as, I just want to kind of end with like, you know, in a sense, talk about, you know, it's, Intersight is that platform, right, that helps you kind of simplify your data center, right? 
and 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 it's it keeps growing in terms of how we want to get to that point as we go back into that vision statement that you know we we kind of spoke about is that you know it's it's about making sure we we kind of simplify uh, you know operations for you within within your infrastructure right so covering all grounds of uh, modernization looking at day two operations looking at security compliance you know <clears throat> we as Cisco right as you know as this platform we envision a world where operating our infrastructure is as simple open and powerful right. And with the combination of our our compute with X series with Excite platform, a better to to, to go, together is is the way to go, right? Uh, and that's where we we come in uh, into the market. All right. Well, we want to thank you again for joining us on this episode. That's another great one on the books. To our listeners, if you want to continue your learning on today's topic, you can check out the resources provided in the show notes below. And this is your weekly reminder, you can subscribe to Cisco Champion Radio on your favorite streaming platform and receive alerts on our latest releases. So wherever you're listening to us, make sure to click on that subscribe or follow button now. Thank you for listening in and see you again next time.